Oh man, what is up everybody? How's everybody doing? And welcome to another edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I have a feeling I'm forgetting to do something. I'm just taking a look around, make sure everything's turned on. I assume the chat is ready to pate. Uh, except for Q. It's Q's birthday today, so happy birthday, Q. Um, I definitely feel like I'm forgetting to do something here. Like, everything's on. Okay, I'm streaming. I'm streaming live from uh, from Origins Unknown, ladies and gentlemen. Now, seven years in, still dealing with, uh, yeah, G. Davy Studios here in the basement of G. Davy Plaza of G. Davy Tower. So what's going on in the world this week? Let's see this week. We launched a giant penis into space, and by all accounts, uh, Mr. Bezos's rocket also looked like a penis. Eh, come on. <laughs> I have much to say about that. You know, it's bad when I show up on the box and I have printouts and homework. <laughs> like this is this is my particular favorite. This that caption. If you can read that, you can read that in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> on the top 20, which uh, we're also recording here. I'm just going to uh, go ahead and apologize for my general appearance to anybody viewing this on the top 20. And honestly, I'm going to apologize for my general appearance for anybody even just listening to this on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. That's how bad it is. Oh, man, I have so much to say. I, I'm a little... Um, I don't feel well. <laughs> I know that's not surprising. But I, I'm, uh, I'm actually a little tripped up. I... Uh, made the mistake of going, going back on Facebook. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Arguments two, two minutes in. I, um, I actually got a little, uh, I guess a little messed up by something that was said that actually didn't even have anything to do really with anything. It was just something that I, I kind of noticed. I was, I was getting, in a, it's not even, it didn't really... It didn't really evolve even to the level of an argument, but it was talking about an article that uh, I thought had some really poignant stuff in it. If you're interested in checking it out, it's on my Facebook page from yesterday. It's an article about um, this doctor in Alabama and how she's sort of dealing with, like, really... Like, I'm going to apologize right now. Like, I know I said I would, like, kind of cape off the political stuff, and this might be political, but this is more social, and this is more this is more important to me, and I feel like it's worth doing. Um, but so she's talking about, like, how hard it is to deal with people that have swallowed whole this, this line of misinformation about vaccines and vaccinations. And I'm not, I'm not pro-vaccine. I am not anti-vaccine. I personally am all about the information that's available and the cognition and the intelligence it takes to sort of sift through this. I had, uh, I had spoken to Greg Turingus, um, over the, earlier in the week, and he was saying, like, he's just a huge believer in, you know, free speech and all that other stuff. And I said, yeah, man, that's you should be. But, like, we live in an era and a place where misinformation is, is bad. And that's not... Always to say that mis misinformation is wrong. I mean, like, there were times in our history as a people where misinformation was that the earth was round, right? But, like, where that misinformation was coming from was coming from scholars and the educated elite. 
It wasn't coming from shills and people with a political axe to grind. You know, so like, it's different. I mean, and, and even not in our lifetime, but in more modern times, I mean, you know, the whole the whole rise of the Nazi party was basically on the backs of the Jews were responsible for what had happened to Germany, which is not true. But basically what happened to Germany is they screwed up and, and got into that First World War and got their asses handed to them. And you could argue that the cause of the Second World War and the cause of the rise of Hitler really was because of the Treaty of Versailles and how badly the Allies punished Germany, basically giving them no chance to ever really get better. Uh, you know, the deal that they got after World War II was way better than World War I because of that. So, But, like, Hitler blamed the Jews, and a lot of people believed him, and that was misinformation, too. Like, it just... Misinformation is dangerous, and it's important to understand where things come from. So what the article is talking about, and it's a, it's, it's a good read. Like, it's hard. It's a hard read, but it, it highlights the, the um, kind of awareness of this last-minute understanding of somebody that's basically dying from COVID that truly didn't believe that the vaccines were real. They thought it was a hoax. They thought this was a government power play. They thought it was, you know, microchipping. Now, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to defend anybody's opinion. I will say that, yes, I think it's a, a, an issue of governmental power. I think there's a little bit of overreach going on. Um, but I also think that there is a deadly virus available to us if we want it. Uh, and there is a way to protect yourself from it as well. Um, there's a lot of people, and my, I myself will argue that a lot of people should not be getting vaccines in general because vaccines tend to be not the golden angels that everybody says they are, and they have a lot of things wrong with them. There's a lot of people that have immunocompromising uh, disorders that really cannot handle vaccines very well. Um, just a case in point, anybody that's gotten the two-shot vaccine notices uh, and has reported that the second shot really lays you out. Yeah, that's not good, right? Like, that's not a good thing. So if, you know, for most healthy individuals, that's primarily what they're looking at. So imagine somebody with like immunosuppression disorder or, or some sort of immunocompromised thing or, or even some other physiological thing. Like it's not a blanket thing. You're talking about basically three vaccines for, you know, eight billion people. Like, yeah, it's not going to work for everybody because there are people that will die by touching a peanut. You know what I mean? So it's not... It's not one for all. Like it takes. Like if you if you tell like again, I don't care, and I don't I don't I don't have a horse in this game, and I have some really dark takes on the unvaccinated uh, masses, and and I I am kind of okay where things are, and if you want to talk about that privately, like you, you know how to reach me, but you know if you come to me and you and you say. If you feel the need to justify why you're not vaccinated and you're like, well, I have this condition or have this or I'm worried about the way it's going to affect me like that, like that reeks of somebody that has done research. Do you know what I mean? Like they've understood something, they've considered, they've read it. If you come to me and honestly tell me that you're worried about microchips being put in your blood and you're probably texting on your phone at the same time, then we don't need to have a conversation anymore. Because what you're doing is just buying into the soft lie that everybody's just trying to tell you to cause, 
chaos and panic and disrupt everything, especially the current administration, which is a an actual stated goal of certain groups, political groups in this country. And they're succeeding. And they're succeeding in pockets of people that tend to be less intelligent and less understanding. And it is cruel and unusual punishment, in my opinion, to use these people so badly that you would let them die and just flat out kill them just to prove a point of or just to create some sort of chaos or panic or whatever that to me is disgusting and again getting back to the article what it what it refers to is that like instant of regret when your your opportunity to sort of save yourself from this thing has really just come and gone and that is horrible and i have i have a really troubling horrible experience in my own life where I witnessed that happen, not COVID-related. And I cannot tell you that I have ever felt worse as a human being in any situation in my life for witnessing it. So I am super, super sympathetic to that um, kind of state and place and all that other stuff. So I felt compelled, arrogantly compelled, to post the article because I thought it was important. And I caught a lot of shit for it because I'm me and people uh, like to argue with me. Uh, and somebody who I almost never speak to actually just took it upon themselves to just give me a bunch of shit for the article. Uh, not even the article, just other stuff uh, about it, like some of the aesthetics, I guess, of the article and the printout or whatever. And it was just like this weird conversation that I just didn't really understand why we were having. But, but here's the thing with it. And... This is the thing that really kind of really messed me up because I heard it. I mean, I, like, I mean, I read it, but like, I couldn't understand why it was being said or why it was being brought in the argument. I mean, I understand a little bit. I had basically said to this person that in terms of, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, journalism and, and that sort of thing, uh, I had, I had lost respect for this person, like, or I had more respect for this person an hour before he made his, his comment, because I did, you know, like, I, we aren't friends, like, we're not friends, we're acquaintances at best and stuff like that, but I've always been aware of, like, his contributions to, like, the local music scene, and I always thought those were important, I thought they were, they were well done, I mean, there's definitely some, um, you know, he's definitely got his, his horse in the pony show, and that's fine, and that's unfortunate. Like, we've never connected in that way. I thought, you know, that's just that's just how things go. Like, I, not everybody is a fan of Rebel 9, and certainly not everybody is a fan of mine. That doesn't mean that the work they're doing in the local scene is not good. I've had that conversation for years. There's lots of people that don't speak to me on any given point because of whatever my views are. Or, but I don't discount what they do for the local bands and the scene in general and people and things that I care about. I think those those things are important but um so again so i don't i don't really know him uh you know we're not friends i mean we're, we're acquaintances and stuff like that but uh so he said something i said i said that i had more respect for him an hour an hour ago and he actually says this uh he says quote maybe you don't remember this Actually, there's typos, so I'm not going to entirely quote. But he says, maybe you don't remember this, but I'm also the person with Sam. That's Sam Raciopi. That's uh, Eddie from I Ignite's dad. Uh, Sam is a really good dude and has been a good friend and a good partner and advisor to me for the better part of a decade. But anyway, so Sam 
and this part is true, a uh, person with Sam who helped you out with two shows to help the widow of your bandmate who passed away. So you may not have respect for me then. You may, so you may know, it, it, it probably means so you may not have uh, the respect for me that you did an hour ago, but I'm still a person that would do that for you or anyone else, even if you felt that way. Okay. So what he's referring to is about nine years ago, um, uh, after Matt passed away, which is uh, soon, actually, uh, the anniversary of it, um, we put together a benefit show. We put together several benefit shows to raise money for his daughter. The whole series was called the Four Penny Series. His daughter is Penelope Rose. We all called her Penny. And we went around and did three shows on the island. We did one at the Room in Connecticut, and we did one in the Grand Fromage in Atlantic City. And the reason we did so many is because Matt was so freaking beloved that people wanted to know what they could do to help. We had a GoFundMe, I think, uh, that raised a lot of money, but we raised we raised a ton of money um, for this gift trust that is now like I think it's like approaching like twenty thousand dollars or whatever uh, that that's sitting in in Penny's account. Uh, but we raised a, a lot of money at the shows. People donated their time. People donated uh, gift baskets. Uh, we did 50-50 raffles. All the bands donated their time. All the ticket money went right to the play. All the venues donated the, their venue. Like, it was just... It was, such a, it was such a beautiful collection of people truly coming together for something. And I, I have personally not seen anything like that since... Um, I don't recall seeing anything like that before. We've we've done benefits for sure. We've had causes, and you know, we as a band, we donate money and time when we can to other things. But I have never been witness to such an outpouring of goodwill towards anything uh, that was that big. I mean, this went on for six months. There was there was the five shows. I mean, I was doing I was doing radio for it. Like it was it was big, and people wanted to help because it was important. And I still think it was important. I still think it was the right thing. And I think not only was it good for Matt's memory and generally speaking for, you know, Penny's you know future, should she, she decide to go to college or whatever in, you know, or, or whatever, buy a motorcycle or get five tattoos, like whatever, whatever she opts to do with that. Um, but it was, um, it was a good thing, I think, for the people around because a lot of people had a lot of questions. A lot of people were really hurt. A lot of people were very, like, sat. We lost one of our own. And, you know, it was it was tough. It was tough on a lot of us. It was tough on me personally uh, for uh, more reasons than are probably obvious um, to the general public. But it was, it was a way to heal a lot. So it was important, and I look back on it fondly. And people that I speak to about it from time to time look back on that fondly. And we still have this growing legacy of money that we all raise. That's something I tell people from time to time, like annually, like here's this thing like that we all did. Like it's it's a cool thing, I think. And Sam, uh, Ray Siopi, uh, did a lot to help us out. And, and always, he is always, like I said, he's always been very good to me and always helped to try and look out for me whenever possible and help me out along the way. And it's awesome. And he was one of the first phone calls I made because I knew he could make it happen and I knew he would make it, uh, make, make it 
you know, you would do it as, as possibly as, as good as could possibly be done. Uh, and Sam helped me out with, uh, we had one show at Mulcahy's in Wontaw, and we had a show in, I think it was called the Middle Country Beer Garden. It used to be Mulcahy's East. It actually used to be a lot of things. It was out in Middle Con- on Middle Country Road, out in Quorum. I, I, no, I think further than that. Honestly, I, I couldn't even tell you. I could see it because I played there so many times, but I can't. I couldn't even tell you that. He helped me do that, and that that last show was like the like the Christmas show, and and it was really great. Like Penny was there, like my daughter was there. Like I I finally remember them like playing around, like trying to catch the lights from the from the show and stuff like that, and just just a very fond memory. But so uh, Sam was very helpful in all that and got people to donate food. I uh, got people to donate gift baskets. Like, just did a great job. And I I don't know what this other person actually had to do. I know he's very tight with that family, so I'm sure he did whatever Sam asked him to do. And for that, I will be internally, eternally grateful. Internally grateful and eternally grateful for, for that sort of assistance. But I think what stuck with me didn't hit me till hours later, and it was that I had never... In the entire time since then, I have never had somebody kind of throw that up on the wall as a, hey man, I did this for you. Like, or I did this, so I get this credit for it. Now, I know I'm being way more cynical than it was intended, but it borderlined gross to me. Like... Not that you can't take like Matt's name in vain. Like, man, I had a lot of inappropriate stuff to say about, <laughs> about him before and after because he was one of my favorite, you know, goofballs ever. Like, Matt was just, if you didn't know him, you just, you're going to have to just take my word for it. Like, I have endless stories, endless stories about his ridiculousness. And I don't even have as many as like Mikey and Jimmy do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what is that endless plus one, endless plus two? Like I don't really know, but but I will say like I have just never heard anybody and certain like definitely not Sam. <laughs> Sam's never been like, Hey man, can you play this show? No, I can't play this show. Oh, you remember that time I helped you out? Like never. Sam would never would never do something like that. It just it just struck me as odd, and I just tried to put it kind of away and just chalk it up to it not being meant to be that way. Just citing, like, why this person just citing, like, why they think they're a good person. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't know that I'd be like, yo, man, and I pulled those puppies out of that fire, so I'm a good person. Like, yeah, man. But, like, let other people say it. Like, <laughs> just, just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. That's funny, too, because I really wanted to talk about Jeff Bezos and what a dick he was. But I'm clearly still bothered by this. So we will. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. Like, the, the best part about this, and then I'll just shut up and get on with the music. I'll just tell you this for the, uh, for the top 20 here. It's the, the headline of the article. Which is just basically like, I'm fine with sending Jeff Bezos into space as long as he pays his taxes here on Earth. And that is 100% what I wanted to talk about on Top 20 today. But unfortunately, we have blown right through them 20 minutes. So we're just going to get on to some music. And uh, 
This feels kind of appropriate after everything I had to say. I mean, I guess it's kind of a juxtaposition because I do love this town sometimes, just not lately. Jeremy gets it. <laughs>